You are listening to the CBA Podcast, where we talk everything basketball, from club to high school to AAU. The CBA Podcast is brought to you by Chapman Basketball Academy. Your hosts are Terry Massey, Max Johansson, and Joe Chapman. Hey, welcome, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good. How'd the, how'd the boys play this weekend, Joe? Yeah, they play really well. They went 5-0. and oh, and they, We had um, two games um, in WYBL, and we had a tournament out in Waukesha West. That was my first time being in Waukesha West. It's a hike from the North Shore to get all the way in there. That feels like another state going all the way. <laughs> was it an 8 a.m. game? No, no. It was, <laughs> luckily, it was a 2 p.m. game. Um, but I'm getting old. 2 p.m. is like my nap time, so I had to fight through it. Especially on a Sunday. Sunday. You're sitting in a gym and uh, it was pretty cool though. We, uh, one of the twins from Pewaukee was refing one of our games. He did a great job refing the games. He's such a good, good player and a really good ref. She's got good potential to be a good ref. So I think it was, um, Amy, um, you know, Terry. And so I, I don't know. It was one of them. They, they did a good job, uh, reffing the game. And I just told her that, you know, it's, I think all kids in her position should put that hat on and being ref too, because it, it's hard, you know, being referees. Yeah. It's good for the kids to see both sides of it too. Yeah. Parents too, but that's another topic. I refed a three on three game once. And after I ref that game, as a coach, I never talk back to the refs anymore. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Know what, I know what they got to put up with. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, you, you see what happened on Twitter last year when I, you know, I told, I uh, put that on Twitter about, you know, uh, one of the announcers told the fans to, you know, shut the hell up. And <laughs> people was on an uproar, probably got like 2 million likes on my <laughs> on my Twitter page. So, yeah, I think all all players and parents should be refs and put themselves in their shoes. But we'll get into that one day. We'll, we'll get some refs on. <laughs> how'd, how'd your weekend go, Max? It was good. Um, we had a game yesterday for Carroll. Um, ended up winning by 25, so that's always a good, nice finals week win, and then we got one more on Wednesday. So a little bit, like three more days here of practice and games, and then we got a couple of days off for Christmas. So trying to finish strong. That's awesome. Uh, Saturday, I just want to give a little shout-out to a former girl who trained with you. I got to watch a little UConn girls basketball on Saturday, <laughs> and uh, it was pretty fun. Molly came down and saw uh, KK getting some good minutes and playing really well, so that was kind of cool to watch. Right. Yeah, KK is a special talent. When that kid first walked through the door in sixth grade training with CBA, um, we knew right away, I was like, uh, she's different. <laughs> like the way she moved, the way she can read the defense, the, her interactions, and she's such a humble and great kid, and she has great parents too. It looks like she's going to get a lot of opportunity because they, they got five girls, I think, that are season-ending injuries or something on that. Yeah, season. yeah, that's going to help her grow and, and come into her, her own. Obviously, being a freshman, you got to take the bumps and bruises. You got, you know, people in front of you, and you got to work your way into the rotation and, and um, you know, find your niche for what that team needs you to do. And she's starting to find a groove and what she can do well. I know last week we talked about a uh, topic we might do is uh, training and stuff, but we kind of switched gears a little bit and came up with one for this week, uh, multi-sport athletes. Um, there are a lot of variables to the multi-sport athlete, right? What sport do I choose to miss for another sport? What practices do I go to? Um, is my coach going to be mad if I miss a practice or for my other sport? You know, parents picking and choosing what sport, you know, but let's start with why is it good to play multi-sports and the benefits of it? 
Yeah, I think being a multi-sport athlete, number one, is great, especially at a young age. I think because a lot of people don't really know what they love or like to do yet, um, especially the middle school year. You got to have all those experience to see what you really like, maybe what you're really good at. Um, and just you got to be able to play multiple sports to figure that out. Um, so I think it's important to do that at a young age. And then depending on where you're at, I think that may point you in the right direction of which sport to lean into. Um, at CBA, we deal with multi-sports athletes all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's really good. Uh, I think the biggest thing for multi-sports athletes now that every sport is year-round, essentially, yep. is the communication with missing practice, missing tournaments, just so we're all on the same page um, with who we have that weekend, who we have at practice, so we can plan and prep for those weekends. Yeah, multi-sport athletes, you know, like Max said, is it's huge for your development as a person, as a player. Uh, you might be really good at one sport, but you might just be average in a, another sport that helps you deal with adversity. Um, you know, you got so many sets of teammates and personalities, um, you know, and that's good because one thing we want for, our, for all of our kids is to go down a path that leads them into what they want to decide later. We don't want them to decide, you know, in fourth grade that I just want to do one thing. Um, obviously, in this society, um, what we have now is most sports go year round. Um, it's no dead period. So as parents, um, it's a couple things to that. Um, number one, if you're a multi-sport, you know, player, it's okay to have fun, you know, in other sports. Let's say, for, for instance, my boys play rec baseball. Uh, they don't take it serious. They're going to miss here and there for basketball. Basketball is the priority, um, but they're going to play, you know, another sport too. Um, they also do strength and conditioning twice a week, um, you know, because what we all know is you don't want fatigue on young players or o older players' bodies just focusing on one thing. You want them to focus on all aspects of their body so they can continue to get better. Um, but for me, multi-sport athletes, um, they are the best kids because they got to they gotta have their life in order. They they got to go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Um, so there's no gaps where they just don't know what they're doing with their life. They they are organized to a T. And those parents are usually the best parents at communicating and letting you know, like, hey, they might be missed, you know, 45 minutes of the practice, but they're going to be there. You know, they might miss one game out of the three <laughs> this weekend, but they're going to be there. Um, and usually those are the kids that we rely on a lot because multi-sport kids are, are very – great leaders, great, great with their teammates. And that translates over to whatever sport that they play. I know there are coaches out there though. And, um, I had a parent talk to me, uh, this weekend that her daughter was gonna, you know, miss a little basketball cause she's got to play some soccer mm -hmm. and the coach gets mad if she misses soccer and it might affect how she plays. And, and I'm like, well, it's basketball season, you know, <laughs> right, not, right. not soccer season, but right. you know, it's hard for that parent and it's hard for that child, you know, yeah. to let coaches down. Yeah, it is. And some of these coaches are not the same because some of these coaches punish kids for missing things. Um, and I don't think that's fair, but that's the world that we live in. There are coaches that literally, if you've got a multi-sport kid and they decide to play soccer one weekend, um, the basketball coach is angry or vice versa. Like they want you to choose at an early age, you know, what your kid is going to do. And I don't think that's fair and I don't think that's right. But that is what a lot of multi-sports 
um, players deal with is dealing with that adversity of letting their teammates down, letting their coach down. Um, someone's being mad at them. Uh, but that, that happens so much. And in our society, we're making these kids choose the path just because we want to go year round. Um, it's our job is to uh, pull them down a path that leads them to success. And once they want to choose when they're 16, 17, 18, they're going to choose which one is the best for them. Um, I had great players when they were fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade girls. And, you know, when they get into high school, they chose track. You know, and, you know, we got a lot of track, you know, stars now that's getting four rides. Um, but that was a hard decision that they have to make. But that's not our job to make that for them. Our job is to help them through the door, be there for them, not judge them on playing other sports and helping them succeed um, on a basketball court and as teammates. As as a youth program, isn't your job supposed to be to help the help the player? I mean, you're putting your program before your player if you're just worried about them missing one practice. or Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. And I think I was a specifically a basketball and a soccer player. My parents did, looking back on it now, did awesome because like, it was basketball season October through March and soccer season through March through probably July. Mm-hmm. Never played AAU, but I was strict. Like those months I'm doing this, the basketball months I'm doing that, but I would always get punished for soccer. Mm-hmm. I would sit like the first two. I wouldn't start those first two tournaments or whatnot. I'd sit a whole half, and then I'd play. Um, but I think you are still able to compete and play soccer. Like You're going to have a bad boss. You're going to have someone you don't like. You're going to have a coach, a teacher that you think is treating you unfairly. But like, how do you respond to that? Like. I think that's a way to approach it, especially if your kid loves two sports and wants to play both, loves the kids. Like if it's just the coach that is reacting this way to it and the other parents and your teammates like you and care about you as a player in person, I think that's a good way to look at it in terms of how do you respond to it and just kick buck kick butt when you're in there and then they got to start you the the third game and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I know there was a program, this is probably six years ago, they had a a center that was six – over six foot, you know, all star. Uh, I think she went to college for volleyball, mm-hmm. and she would miss basketball practice for volleyball. Mm-hmm. The coach started her oh, yeah. come come Friday night because <laughs> she was so good at her position on basketball, knowing that you know volleyball was her sport. Yeah, and we got a couple kids like that. Uh, I know Reese Berg over at Germantown. She was a CBA kid who started. Um, with us and she's such a valuable piece to our program she was feisty rebound she can break her nose her eye she she gets right back in there soccer player she's going to North Dakota State now she plays for Germantown and she's a key piece to that team and she misses stuff here and there um, you know Claire Shea at Menominee Falls she's another high level soccer player um, and you know they miss stuff here and there but how can you not play those type of kids? <laughs> they do everything on the court. Look at Mary Strobel at, you know, Cedarburg, you know, take her off the court, uh, you know, and that team needs her this year. So those are those are the type of players who are multi-sport that, you know, they benefit you regardless if they choose to play that sport in college or not. Uh, they're a huge piece of the puzzle. Yeah, and I think specifically to basketball has gotten a lot more individualized in terms of, your stats, how you played, uh, always worrying about what your role is and how you can contribute. And if you win or lose the game, it's 
whatever happens, but I had 15 points, eight rebounds, whatever. All the stats look good. If you play a soccer, a football, a volleyball, your role, there's 11 people on a soccer field. There's 11 people on a football field. Like your role, you have to, you have a huge role on that team. It may be big. You may be the left guard. You may be the wide receiver. You may be the goalkeeper. Like understanding your role in a different sport can help translate and like understand, oh, I have a role here on basketball too. And I think basketball in general has been so much more individualized. There is only five people on the court. Right. Um, so there's a lot more of a spotlight, but playing other sports can help you help your role and like define it and know how important it is to have roles on a team. Yep. If I had to pick one sport that was a competition for basketball, and at least on the girls' side, it'd be volleyball. Yeah. You see volleyball right now a lot. You know, that's turning into year round too with club yep. and all that. And I would think that'd probably be the basketball commitment's biggest competition. Yeah, I would say volleyball and, and softball. You know, softball for girls is, is a huge sport in the springtime. And, you know, that's a lot of times in our position as directors, we have 10, 11 players on the team just because that 11th player or that 10th player are track, softball, volleyball. Uh, they're going to be missing time, but you don't punish them for it. You know, they, they still got a spot on your team because they deserve to be here, not because it's a handout. Um, one of our best players, um, we're going to be highlighting two of them this week, um, Hudson Torres for our black elite team. Um, he's going to Marquette on a soccer scholarship. And he was our best player on, on our team. He scored uh, two goals at 9 a.m. and then scored 20 at 4 p.m. at Homestead. For right. And we, you look up and down the court, and you're like, well, he's got to be out here. There's no reason why he shouldn't be playing. Um, and you get that. And same on the girl's side. Uh, you know, we got a softball, a softball player, Mackenzie Lauren, who she misses time here and there. But when she's on the court, you're like, well, we got a player. You know, because th number one, they deserve to be out here. They're just as talented. Um, and number two, they're leaders of the teams. Um, so you got to have those type of teams out here. What would you tell that player, though? Um, what would your advice be as coach? You know, I'm going to have to miss practice because my volleyball coach will not start me and he'll yell at me if I miss a practice and stuff. Yeah, I, I think number one, there, there's a couple of things to that. I think number one, the communication between the parent and the, and the coaches um, have to be on point. Um, and that actually helps the players too, because if the players, the parent and the coach are on the same page with that, this topic, multi-sport, it goes a long way. So you're going to run into a grumpy coach like that. Who's going to say is my way to the other or the other way. You got to make sure that your other coach is understanding. Um, uh, because at some point, those two coaches who are in awes of each other, the softball and a basketball coach, that's not going to help the kid. So you don't need to get into a, you know, a pissing match to see where the kid is going to go. Um, if a coach acts like that, you don't go lower and say, no, you need to be here and we're going to treat you the same way if you don't <laughs> come here. Um, you got to take the high road there because uh, at the end of the day, it all comes back to what the kid wants to do in there later. Um, you can't worry about the short term. You know, when it comes to multi-sport, you got to let them enjoy it because at the end of the day, there's going to be a path that they're going to take and it's going to have nothing to do with any of us. It's going to be about what they want to do. Yeah, I think you just got to be in your player's corner with that. Yeah. Understandable. Like, this is really volleyball, super important to you. Basketball is important to you. Like, we get it. You got to do what you got to do and just be in their corner. Maybe um, if there is like another practice later that week, 
come get a workout in before, come join that practice. At CBA, we kind of, we try to do the same thing through 14 through 17. So that can actually take place and they can have multiple practices to go to where we're teaching and preaching the same thing, um, which I think is unique and good for multi-sport athletes to have those options. Yeah. I, I think too, like parents need to a little bit listen to their kid, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what do you love to do? Do you love basketball? Do you love volleyball? Do you love soccer? What is your priority? What do you love to do? You could play it all. But mm-hmm. if you want to focus on one, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Don't force them to focus on two or three, you know, to have fun. Right. Mm-hmm. But also, you whatever you start, you got to finish. You know, I think that's got to be something that we preach as a society too. It, it might be a tough patch that you have in baseball or football and you're in, you know, another season. That doesn't mean you you quit one just to focus on the other. Well, we made a decision this year to do these two things, these three things. Let's go forward and figure out how we get through this year um, because that can trickle down to kids that's always giving up on something. Say, well, I got a fallback plan. I, I'm going I'm to do this sport. Uh, but if we commit to it, we got everything that's lined out with the coaches, the communication. Here's what we missing. Here's what we not. Are you okay with this? Um, and if everyone says, yeah, um, we are okay, and some of them start to go back on a word, that doesn't mean you start to go back on your word. Uh, we just have to get through it as a family together. And then the following year, we make a better decision on uh, that, that coach's character of, about me playing here and, and, and making it hard for me to do both. Yeah. And like, I think that conversation is good with the kids and the parents, but then the coaches should know what the priority is as well. Like, and that helps us make rosters of, of 11 or 12. Like if we have three kids that are multi-sport, but baseball and soccer are their priority. We know where we are at there, and if they can make it, great. But that communication, as long as we know we're not the main sport and soccer will take precedent on six out of the eight tournaments that we have, yep, that's good, but that has to get relayed to, I think, all three coaches of the sport or whatever sports yep. they're in. Well, because the hard part, guys, is I believe our job is to get them through the door in high school um, and fill these teams you know, in high school where we barely can get freshman JV and varsity teams anymore. Um, with sports being so year round, kids are dropping sports before they get to get to high school. So when we're trying to force kids to do this year round or force kids to do that, well, we're not developing them to get through the door in high school to drop them off into their high school coaches and letting them get through. Uh, so I think that's our job as youth sports coaches is to get our kids through the door. Um, and let them decide once they get 16, 17, what they want to do. Yeah, it's not our job to decide that numbers are dwindling um, a, a lot of different reasons. But one of them is because of multi-sport, uh, because they're forced to decide what they want to do at such a young age that they don't even want to do anything else. You know, your kid might just be an average basketball player, uh, but got quick feet and can run really fast. Well, basketball season is not the same as track season. Why, why are your kid not doing track? He might miss or she might miss a couple of weeks of AAU basketball if they make it far, far enough. But that's what we should want, you know, for our kids to find success in different different avenues. Should there be more communication between um, programs? I've I seen, um, I remember when my, my daughter was a youth uh, playing basketball and we had gym time during basketball season. And it was, the gym was double booked for volleyball and the volleyball coach was irate because that's his gym time Mm -hmm. during basketball season. 
I don't see a lot of communication between programs to kind of work together, you know, in that aspect. No, and I don't think you will, because at, at this point in time, volleyball, especially as a direct competition of basketball, especially with girls, um, you see a lot of these six foot, six, two, six, three, six, four, um, choosing volleyball now um, over basketball. So you're not going to get a lot of, you know, um, working together on that point because everyone's kind of jockeying for those players um, as they continue to grow. Because like we just said, it's, it's, um, you know, year round. So now when it's basketball season, it's still volleyball season in their mind, you know, so that's how they continue to grow their program. So it's really about the parent and the coach more so than it is the program to program because you're never going to see eye to eye because you're at some point you're jockeying for the same kids mm-hmm. um, to play year round. Yeah. And it's likely their business that they're, yeah. they're mm-hmm. like gym space, nets equipment like coaches even probably a little bit coach basketball and now they're club a or club volleyball coaches so it's a lot of overlapping especially in those sports but i think just in general yeah i think you touched on it uh last week on our topic about kids you know find out what you're passionate about find out what you love do what you do what you love and what you're passionate about there's so many opportunities out there, you know, for you to explore what you want to do and what you want to be, you know. Yeah, and and a part of that is, like, you're going to go down a path where you play so many sports, and it's it's going to help you find out what's your sport you really love. Once you dive into so many different things, it'll help you decide, like, oh, I, re- I can't give up basketball. You know, the other things maybe I can give up, but I really love this sport, so I'm not going to give it up. Um, I remember in eighth grade, I, I broke my leg in the six places. Uh, playing flag football and that was my first sport football and I was super athletic in, in playing football so I broke my leg I had I got three screws in my knee still um, and that decided right there what I was going to do you know basketball or football right there immediately it was like ah, I'm not if, if I'm breaking my leg at playing flag football I can just imagine <laughs> what's going to happen that's in my mind though that's what we think um, and we know injuries occur re- regardless of whatever sport you play uh, but you, your mind will tell you which one is beneficial to you. And one thing that my mom did, um, and I had different posters up in my room, Randy Moss, you know, Jordan, Pippen, you know, everyone. Um, when I came back from the doctor, the doctor was like, you know, we don't know how serious this injury is going to be. We don't know if you can play, you know, anymore because of the length you're going to be out. Um, and one thing she did, she took all my posters out, out of my room and she put Larry Bird pro- posters up. And she was like, you need to study this guy. And I'm just crying in my room. I'm eighth grade. Like, I hate the Celtics, number one. Uh, <laughs> number two, this this guy jumps, can't even jump over a chair. Uh, now I got to study this guy. So she brought me all his tapes and videos. And now I'm just diving in into the sport that I think I'm, I can have success in. It um, came more skilled than just playing off athleticism. And that was a gift to me, you know, say, all right, this is your time to focus on this sport now going forward. You played so many different sports. You you hopped into ninth grade. Um, now it's time for you to decide which one you want to go to. And I think we all have those moments in different sports that you align with the sport you want to go to, but you have to go through those battles just to see which one's yours. With it, with it all year round sports, um, it's okay to take a month or two off too and 
It is. As just be a kid, I know. They have to. Well, they have to, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I say August. There's really nothing going on AAU-wise. Sports really hasn't started. So, like, when I plan my year with two kids playing sports, you know, my son plays football and he plays basketball. Mm -hmm. August, September, and my wife gets mad at me. We can only plan stuff in August and September. Yep, yep. That's true. That's when it is, right? (laughs) That's our time off. Yep. No, I think you're right. And and I think we can look at this in different ways, too. Being multi-sport, I still think you could be multi-sport in the same sport. And what I mean by that is in the same sport that you in, it's times where you can take it really serious. It's times that you can just goof around with your guys. It's times that you're just doing Marquette camps. <laughs> you know, you just you just having fun. And it's time where you can be better. You got to get better doing skill work. Um, and it's times that you don't do anything but just watch the game and just have fun. We're on YouTube with the boys watching 90s Bulls games and just in giving them different books to read. And, but they're not in the gym, actually. So it's time where you're away from the court, but it also you're investing in your mind and your body. But you can be the same. You can be multi-sport in the same sport. It's just how you perceive it as a parent um, is I'm having fun as opposed to, in my mind, trying to win, you know, and, and trying to get my kid to win. And that's what I think multi-sport does is you're not as hard as your kid on one sport than you are the other because you view one as a multi-sport that they just having fun, um, just get them out there doing something different. And then you view something different because you're the parent that takes it more serious than the other sport. So you have that perception, this is the sport we're going to take pay more attention to. But if you do that to the same sport, that is considered multi-sport too because you're taking it easy in camp. But when it's time to do skill, we got to take that serious. When it's time to play your game, you're taking that serious. When it's time to just shoot outside with your guys and and you're being Jordan and you're being LeBron or Kobe, that's part of being multi-sport too because the pressure is off. You're just enjoying the game. It's nobody having pressure on you. You know, so I view that as being a multi-sport athlete too. Yeah, and I think though, like what you touched on at the end, like the you sports in general, you better be having fun, and you better yeah. have an environment that's fun. Yeah. Like if you're you're gonna play something year round, multi-sport, whatever you are, if you're not having fun, number one, that will affect like probably the performance and just yeah. like general attitude towards the sport and sports in general. But like your schoolwork you're probably like relationship with friends like it'll affect the kid's whole life at this young of an age where they really want to just go out have fun hang out with their friends and play sport with it yeah i agree like when do they have fun if if multi-sport is not about having fun and it's more about let because the kids view it as letting people down um so if you don't have that environment in your house about being a multi-sport athlete of having fun and you know doing your work and you know be the best you can be um, but it has to be tied into enjoying it too. Uh, or a kid's going to keep chopping down and say, I don't want to play that sport or I don't want to play at all, you know, and you don't want that. So you got to keep the environment um, where they're having fun, pushing them, getting them better. Uh, but they, in their mind, they don't want to let people down. So we got to keep it good for them. I know my son played football. He broke his, broke his ankle two years ago and then, we were debating, do you want to play football? This he's like, yeah, I like playing football. You know, mm-hmm. I love basketball, but I like playing football. I said, all right, let's, let's do it, right? So this season he had, you know, a couple touchdowns, some interceptions, but that's not what I 
considered a success. I consider the success became injury free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And didn't get hurt. Yeah. But we didn't we didn't take it seriously. You know, there were a couple practices I had a miss for other stuff, you know, and he had fun playing football this year, you know. But right. now it's basketball season. He's in the gym. Yeah. That happened to one of our guys, um, AJ Willard, uh, at Germantown. They invited me to a game. Come and watch him play football. I'm like, dude, I'm not really a football guy. So, yeah, as you just heard my story. So I, I don't even turn football on in the house, barely. <laughs> That's just my own trauma. Uh, so they invite me to a game a couple of years ago. I'm sitting in a crowd and sure you know it. He get popped and he didn't come down. He didn't come up. You know, he just stayed on the floor. I said, see, this is why I don't come to these <laughs> these games. <laughs> you know, I think they carried him out of the stretcher and everything. He ended up being fine. But I think that was his last year playing playing football too. Like I said, I think it, we all go through something in multi sport that that makes us say, "All right, what do I like the most?" You know, I might get hit the wrong way, or you know, something might happen. You know, when you're 15, 16, 17, where you decide. Um, but it was just in that instance, you know, going to see a kid play and they get popped. You're like, "Well, <laughs> there, there you have it." Yeah, I told Mason, I said, "You broke your ankle next year. You're running cross country." <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, just go run in a ditch. Go run in the streets. You'll be fine there. All right, we're going to add a little section here that we like to call Chalk Talk, uh, where we answer some questions that people can send us. Um, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can uh, email cbapodcast32 at gmail.com. Uh, we'll take some questions. You guys want to email that you'd like Joe or Max to answer. Um, a couple questions that we have is one, seniors, I want to play in college. What should I be doing? Yeah, so a couple of things that um, if you are serious about playing in college, and there's a couple of things you got to take initiatives on. Um, number one, I, I think if you played AAU basketball, having a relationship with your AAU coach um, of helping you in the background, uh, making videos, uh, reaching out to coaches, um, you know, highlights, things of that nature. Um, your high school coach reaching out to them, seeing if they have any connections, connecting the dots, but also getting your transcripts, uh, getting your ACT scores. Um, so we can put all of that stuff together so we can package it off to different high schools. Every game that you have, I think social media plays a huge part in this, uh, especially if you're a senior um, and you unsigned, you don't know where you're going yet. I think social media plays a huge impact in this. And I think parents play a huge impact in this as far as, Every highlight that you can make off your huddle, you know, you should make that highlight, tag your grades, your ACT score, and tag as many coaches on a level that you think that you're at as you can. And that's the homework that I think a lot of people miss is meeting your AAU coach or your high school coach halfway, doing doing some of the work yourself. Um, and I think that'll help you explore different options of reaching out to different coaches and different platforms, whether it's NCSA, whether it's Twitter, um, whether it's just emails that you find off their website, um, recruiting coordinators uh, that's on their websites. It's your job. If you want to play, you got to meet whoever is helping you halfway. Um, you kind of touched on a little bit in their videos with huddle and stuff, which comes to another question we had is, when should I start videotaping myself playing? Um, I see <laughs> fifth grade, I see parents out there with the iPad and you yeah. know, sixth grade. But technically, when should you start be submitting videos? You know, Yeah, I think submitting videos on like social media or for like directly what we're talking about recruitment. 
given the landscape now, sophomore, junior year of high school, like actually for recruitment. Mm-hmm. I think that's when that's a decent time to start. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably was a little earlier, probably freshman year and years past, but with the transfer portal and different things with the COVID year and extra mm-hmm. years of eligibility, it's kind of pushed it a year back. Um, but I think if you want to film, it depends what how you are using that film. Mm-hmm. Are you using it to pump up your kid and show them all the good things they've done and, oh, you're the greatest thing to walk planet Earth in fifth grade, fourth grade, or... Hey, look, let's watch film and actually sit down and like look at it basketball wise. Um, which I think you could do that as early as possible. Yeah. Um, but for this topic, like in recruitment, I don't think you really need to start posting it until sophomore, junior year. And then senior year it takes off. Yeah. If you're a parent that just wants to start the process and start to get it going, and I think that starts at an early age. If you just not for recruiting purposes of, of just learning how to work the camera, yeah. work, work how to watch film with your kid, work how to make highlights. If you can do that at an early age, the better, because when it actually matters at ninth, 10th grade, you're ahead of the curve. Um, if you start at ninth, 10th grade, it might take you six weeks to understand the process of it. But if you started at a young age and you use it the right way, uh, that can help you and your kid of meeting the coaches halfway um, if you learn how to do it at an early age. Um, but that's take, for me, it takes your parents managing your page um, because that can help those kids understand, like, this is a process that's important in today's society is videos, social media, just plays a huge part into the development of where they're trying to go. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So that's our chalk talk segment we want to get to. So like I said, if you guys have questions or comments, um, feel free to email them to cbapodcast32 at uh, gmail.com. All right. Uh, leads us to our couple final segments here, Player of the Week and Games of the Week. Uh, let's go to Players of the Week. Let's go to Joe. All right. Um, so we're going to kick it off. A couple players of the week, guys and girls. Got a couple on each side. Um, I think Kiwaskum is playing really well this year. Um, Zach Bain is having a great year for them. Um, they're knocking off some good teams. He's playing well. They're above 500. And, you know, he's playing pretty well this year. Obviously, I always want him to do better. I can't wait to coach him this summer and just push him um, to be better. Um, but, you know, hats off to him so far. He's having a good season. Yeah, he had 29 points last game, 10 rebounds, four, four for four from three. Um, so that's really good for him. Another uh, player on the boys' side who had a, a overtime win um, was Hudson Torres of Bigfoot. Um, he had 36 points, nine assists, five rebounds, five steals. He's going to school for soccer. But, again, he could have played, you know, anywhere he wanted for basketball on a D2, D3 level. He was just a special talent. Um, we're, we're happy to have him the three, four years that we have him. Um, he was great family, great kid, another multi-sport that we touched about uh, today. Um, on a girl's side, we have um, Mackenzie Loring. She had a, another great game. Um, I guess against Kiwaskum, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Those were yeah. the two games of the week. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> she had 35 points, uh, seven rebounds, seven assists, and six steals. That pit bull, um, everyone started to see what she's doing right now. And uh, another player we don't talk about a lot is Sarah Trzinski. Uh She's playing pretty well. She's uh, averaging 18 rebounds a game. Uh, I don't care what level you're at. Uh, D1, D2, D3, whatever. 
18 rebounds a game is really impressive. Well, that shows that you want it, right? If you're getting rebounds, you want it. Yeah, you want it. You Not just for yourself. She was one of those kids who rebounded the ball and was immediately trying to find other players to give the ball to. She wasn't rebounding, and it was all like patting her stats. Um, we call it the Moses Malone. She doesn't do that. She She gets to rebound and kick it out and try to find players. She was a joy to have in our program. And, you know, she's off to a good start, averaging 18 rebounds a game. Nice. Well, those players you kind of mentioned last week with the games of the week, Max. So what do you have for us yeah, this week? I'm um, two for two so far. So hot start on the game of the week. We're going to go a little bit north to Ashwabanon at De Pere, Tuesday, December 19th. Uh, we got our Ashwabanon guys that drive down to to the Mequon area for practices this year. Uh Drew Tomaszek has been with you guys since sixth grade? Uh, eighth grade. Eighth grade? Yep. Uh, they've been making the trip down. Awesome family. <laughs> Mark, his dad, has helped out coach too. So, mm-hmm. And then we added A.J. Ewell uh, to our Black Elite team this year. Um, who, who He was awesome for us to have. He fit in a bit like a glove uh, with that group. And they're off to a 6-0 start, and they'll play at the pier. Obviously, state champs. Last two years? Yeah. And are they undefeated? They're I think Ashwabanon is undefeated. Yeah, Ashwabanon 6-0 and into pure 4-0. So yeah. that'll be awesome. They'll have their hands full, but like it's an awesome early test for those guys. And I, I believe it's a conference game. So yep. yep, it is. Always a little more on the line there. So good luck to those guys, and we're excited to follow. Awesome. All right, that'll do it for uh, this week. Um, please uh, send those questions in and any comments you guys may have. And Look forward to subscribe to the pod. Subscribe. Yeah. Subscribe. Share. Yeah. Share. Share. <laughs> spread, spread the word. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, everybody, and uh, have a great holiday season.